We have always targeted clients that are interesting and challenging to work on. Welcome to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. Life in Accounting is the podcast for everyday heroes like you working in the accounting profession. Are you ready to hear from accounting influencers, thought leaders, visionaries, and other professionals leading change in the accounting world? Then stay tuned for Mark Goldman, a CPA, the owner of Where Accountants Go, and your host. Welcome to Life in Accounting. Welcome to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. I'm your host, Mark Goldman, a CPA and the owner of Where Accountants Go. In this episode of Life in Accounting, I sit down with two of the shareholders of ATKG, a CPA firm well known in San Antonio for their unique culture. As I mentioned in the beginning of the interview, they've been ranked numerous times by Accounting Today among the best firms to work for nationwide. The podcast isn't just about that ranking, though. We go into some of their core beliefs, the journey they took to get to where they are today, and some of the lessons they have learned along the way as they've strived to build this culture for both their clients and employees alike. I know you'll find this episode interesting, but I also hope you gain a lot of insight from the information Melanie and Taryn share. So without any more delay, here we go. This episode is slightly different in that we once again, only for the second time though, have two special guests for the program. I'm sitting in the office with Melanie Kirk and Taryn Grader, both shareholders of the CPA firm ATKG in San Antonio. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Mark. We're really happy to be here today. Thank you. Appreciate you inviting us. No problem. Thank you very much. Well, ATKG has been recognized by Accounting Today for several years, actually, among the best firms to work for nationwide. Before this last ranking came out, they were already on my radar to interview for the show. But with the most recent list, it just made it that much more critical for us to get the benefit of their insight on the program. So that's all really to say to you both. I I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's an investment. So thank you again very much. You're welcome. Well, before we get into the culture aspect, which we obviously have to hit on, I always like to find out a little bit and share with our guests about how our, our in-studio guests got to where they are today. So how did both of you end up eventually coming to ATKG? Well, I started my career after graduating from Trinity at Ernst & Winnie at the time and worked there for about six and a half years and was a tax manager and decided that the career track at Ernst really wasn't for me and decided to go on my own and start my own firm. Oh, okay. So you had your own firm prior to ATKG. Yes, I did. Wonderful. And so I did that for a few years and I had kept in touch with Jim Ahern, who had been one of my professors at Trinity, (laughs) who had his own firm also. And then I eventually merged my practice in with Jim's firm. Okay. How long did you have your own firm before merging? About five or six years. Okay. And when was that merger more or less? 1999. Okay. And and Taryn, were you here at the time already or? No, I wasn't. I was 
really good friends with Melanie for 25 years, but I had been at Ernst & Young slightly after Melanie had been at Ernst & Winnie, so had met through friends of friends, but had never worked together. I had left EY um, right when Silver Ventures started up and Pace okay. Foods had been sold and, and the Goldsbury family started their family office. So I worked at Silver Ventures right after the sale. They were a client of mine prior to the sale. So okay. I worked in their family office after the sale until I had gotten married and moved overseas. And I moved overseas to South Africa, where eventually I actually worked for Ernst & Young over there, but in their corporate finance group. Okay. So did that for a while, uh, took a year off and traveled um, nice. for a year, came back. Melanie was one of my best friends. She was having twins and it was January. Oh. I needed a job. She had a job. I needed help. She needed help. <laughs> so I was just coming in to help out for a little bit, actually, until I got back on my feet and figured out what I was going to do for real life. So it uh, turned out the firm was probably seven or eight people at that time. Turned out to be a great firm with great clients and great people working in it. So I never left. Wow. So I became a partner a couple of years later, bought okay. into the business. So lots of our other friends said maybe that's not the best idea for best friends to be in business together. But it's been 15 years and so far so wonderful. So it's, Yeah, it's working out so far. I think. <laughs> We're up to 34, 35 people today. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. So from seven or eight to 34. Mm -hmm. and, wow. Okay. What, what do you attribute that to? A lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a lot of really good clients in the San Antonio market. Okay. And we have always targeted clients that are interesting and challenging to work on. And the challenge of being able to serve those clients is having enough people. And we got to the point where we had so many clients and not enough people that recruiting really switched and became our focus much more than client development. Okay. And so for the last 12 years or so, I think that recruiting has been our top focus. Oh, for that long, even through the, the recession years. As a small was... firm, it takes a lot longer to get your name well-known and get a presence at the universities to be able to recruit the top talent. Okay. Well, since we realized that was our bottleneck, uh -huh. quite a long time ago, both recruiting and really focusing on retention of our existing people became really the top two priorities. So, which leads to cultural issues and awards, like you mentioned, to start sure. with. So we spent a lot of time investing in our current people, as well as looking for new people that we can invest in. So okay, I would say that's the biggest reason why we've been able to grow is we don't have a lot of turnover like a lot of other firms have. Okay. Wow, there's there's a lot of topics to hit on just in those few sound bites. So, the, the college recruiting, I guess, what did you do to establish yourself as a firm to to be known at the college? Uh, we have a number of UTSA graduates, and okay. we sent those graduates out to network with the professors that they knew. We got very involved in the Beta Alpha Psi group, and we've established liaisons to each of the universities in town where we recruit to stay involved in the university and just do more to help the university and help their students. Okay. Student liaisons? Recent graduates. Recent graduates. Oh, okay. 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 And we stay Wonderful. connected with all the professors, and I mean, we stay visible, you know, and we stay involved and we give scholarships and contribute to funds and we'll oh. make sure we're we're on site a lot. So you have a scholarship program as well. Well we I can't say that we actually have one, but we give to some of their programs to be okay, sponsored. So to to some of them. Okay. We don't have our own. 
Okay, I know when I've been out at UTSA, your name is visible. I, I know that um, some of the bulletin boards and for internship opportunities, and, and when I talk to students, you guys are obviously real Yay. well known. <laughs> it's, it's working. It's Whatever working. you're doing is working. So, Don't forget so, to call us. <laughs> so tell me about the, I guess, the retention and, and retaining people. You you were hitting on that, Taryn. What what do you feel? The I mean, there's a couple of areas there. I think we really take a long term focus to the business and not a short term focus to the business. Okay. So that goes across a number of categories, but one of them has to do with the people. So we invest a lot of time, training, money in sending people to training, holding our own trainings, and we just can't find things specific to our clients. So we just invest in them a lot. One of the big, we have better work-life balance than many firms because of the types of clients that we have which I think we'll talk about probably in a little bit, but that makes it a very different experience working here than they sometimes get at other firms. So maybe not quite as many hours, more flexibility. We built our, our mission, vision, values around certain things that allow more flexibility, but yet we're still doing high-level work for high-level clients, but we're not necessarily babysitting people all the time, if that makes sense. Okay. So responsible being one of our very critical values. And so we expect people to be responsible so then we don't have to put as many rules around everything. Our expectations are just different here. The partners all really appreciate work-life balance. We all have families and kids and we want to spend time with them as well. And we certainly don't expect our employees to be doing anything different than we're willing to do ourselves. So so we've built the culture around those types of things and built our clients around those types of things. Okay. So you've, you've tried to structure the client base and, and the business around what it takes to retain your people. Okay. And retain the clients really long-term. So we don't make any decisions for today. We make them for a long-term horizon. Okay. I, I remember hearing you, Melanie, say before that, you know, Taryn and I both worked in public accounting before. So we took everything we liked and just removed everything we didn't like and that's what we built. Well, ATKG to be. We haven't removed everything because we still have to keep track of our time. Oh, you do. Uh, but, okay. you know, with the, for the most part, we did try to keep the things that we really liked about public accounting, which is the interesting and challenging work, the good training. You work with top notch people in your firm. Okay. And other business affiliates in the in the city, you know, other attorneys and bankers and other financial professionals. We get, I mean, we did we do something different every single day. That's an amazing, fun job. Twenty five years in, I still have fun every day and learn something new every day. So, public accounting is a great career for the people that want that that don't want to do the same thing every day. But you've got to know where you you are in that. It's an amazing field. <laughs> don't leave it. <laughs> yes, stay in. That's stay right. Stay in. That's right. We lose way too much talent just because of some of these issues. So we definitely try to cut those issues out. But people working just way too many hours and those sorts of things. But it's an amazing industry. Sure. I, I've, I've run into people that got out of public accounting and they actually, they miss the pace sometimes and the variety that you yeah. get. And there's something to be said for both sides, of course. But that's, if there's any one complaint I hear from people that are, have been in public, went into industry, and are thinking about going back. It's the routine sometimes that you have in industry month to month versus the, the variety that you get in public. So are there specific niches or specializations that you all have that just seem to make the work more interesting? Or is there something specific to your firm? Well, we work with closely held businesses and large family groups as the majority of our clients. Okay. And those involve entrepreneurs and people who are doing a lot of interesting things. 
but also they are larger clients with much more varied work than just doing their tax return or doing their financial statements. Okay. Okay. So you're trying to be more of an all around mm-hmm. solution for them. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. transactional work, a lot of other types of consulting work that would include planning around not only tax, income tax issues, but long-term estate tax issues, liability planning issues, you know, just other types of consulting work that go hand in hand with those kind of large family groups. So it's not just tax that we're really focused on. Okay. How would you describe the culture at ATKG? I think we have to go back to our mission, vision, values for that. So mission, I'll start with, our mission is to enhance prosperity. And because we're CPAs, most people automatically put the dollar sign around that. And that's certainly part of it. There's nothing else. Tax is the most expensive thing you'll ever have in your life, if not managed properly. And still maybe by the time you factor in all the types of tax that you can be subject to. So there really isn't much else that can cost that. So it's worth an investment, we think. So enhancing prosperity, though, certainly means, you know, trying to manage the tax side of the dollars and try to leave more in your pocket, but also really talking about with our large families specifically, you know, where they're trying to go, what are the goals, what are their, their own mission, vision, and values, and where are they trying to get, and, you know, how can we help with that? Of course, a lot on the financial planning side of things like that, but just really trying to look at the clients more holistically about where they're trying to get and what they're trying to get for their family, where they're trying to go and, and how can we help with that? So often, you know, money does that and just goal setting and where the cash is going, you know, into which pocket and which bucket affects some of those things. So, so we do a lot more holistic planning around some of that stuff. Okay. So if I'm a client of ATKG, I, I get a good CPA and I get a life coach. I'll just, just bundled in there for free. <laughs> well, I, I have done a lot more counseling than I ever thought I would have done as an accounting major. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Did both of y'all start as accounting majors? Did you always know that this was going to be the route? No, I didn't. I actually started as a marine biology major. Um, I first. think I had uh, some grand vision of being the next Jacques Cousteau. But in my second semester of college, I happened to be looking at the graduation statistics and being able to find a job and what those jobs paid and quickly realized that maybe marine biology wasn't for me and looked between what can I graduate with that will be a good job and will have jobs and ended up choosing between accounting and engineering and chose accounting. Okay. And have been very happy with that. It was a great fit for me. Interesting. I've met a lot of engineering majors that became accountants, but not marine biologists. That's, <laughs> that's a new one. That's a new one. So where, where, where were you in chemistry, physics? No, or? I really, <laughs> I, I started business not knowing what area okay. of business, just because I seemed to do well with some of the numbers and some of my jobs that I'd had along the way and uh, sort of got steered that way, but really didn't know, but got into college and the accounting classes seemed to be slightly easier for me than they were for some of the other people around me. So it caused okay. me to think maybe I should do a little more of this and a little more of this. And eventually I did. And and tax, you know, I ended on the tax side of things only because, you know, I'm a people person and like to talk to people. And I realized if I was an audit, maybe the clients wouldn't actually like me very much, but on the, okay. t- you were in tax, the clients would like you, the IRS as the enemy and you like the hero. So I thought that sounded like a lot better way to go. So that's how I decided tax, honestly. That's interesting. <laughs> I, and same for me. I think a lot of people would look at auditing as more of a people oriented side mm-hmm. of accounting. I and disagree. 
actually, in, in my, my own accounting experience, when I worked on a small firm doing tax, and we, we met directly with the client all the time, you know, and then that's what I enjoyed. So I can definitely relate, but that's very, that's very interesting. Great decision. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily the right reason, but it's been a great decision for me. Some of our other episodes, we've hit on this, and I'm a little biased, but I really believe that accounting, if you're a business major and you're not exactly sure which way you want to go, accounting is a really good bet because even if you end up not liking certain aspects, you can go do a lot of other things and not and all not the other way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not all business majors work that way. I was yeah. talking to some high school students the other day about that exact thing. They didn't know what in business. And I had that exact conversation about high, you know, accounting is a safe bet. You can always go do anything else with accounting, but not the other way. Well, and for people who are entrepreneurial, accounting is a great background if you eventually want to have some type of other business. Yes. Yeah. If you understand money, the, you can figure out the rest. Yeah. <laughs> well, what would you have done differently? either earlier in your careers or, or with, you know, the formation of the firm or the growth of the firm, is there anything that sticks out in your mind that you would want to pass on to maybe people earlier on in their journey? We, about 10 years ago, hired a business coach and I would have done that sooner. Uh, The Mm. stuff that we have learned from her has really catapulted us forward. And I wish we had done that sooner. Okay. A local business coach or somebody that you uh, she, phoned into? She or? was out of Austin. Okay. Uh, Hi, Sandy. Swiss ah. Avenue. Plug for Swiss Avenue. <laughs> That's what I was fishing for. <laughs> uh, so Swiss Avenue Partners has been our business coach for about 10 years, maybe a little bit over 10 years. Okay. And they really helped us focus our on our ideal client and get specific about that. And I feel like that has been the thing that's really distinguished us from other CPA firms and has enabled all this culture and work-life balance that we have. Okay. Do you see that as sort of the starting point of the ATKG culture? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it allowed us to start making, you know, changes in the business, not standard in the industry, because of the fact that we managed the clients we had and we didn't try to be all things to all people. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because there's a shortage of tax CPAs. And so there's an unlimited amount of work out there, as I'm sure mm-hmm. you hear. It's just unlimited. You can say yes all day long, but it's saying no, that's the really hard thing because we're all really, you know, we want to help. You, know, you want to help everybody and people need it, but you just can't do it and have your sanity and have your people have their sanity. So I think that's a, a critical piece. And then the other thing I would say about having a business coach is mm-hmm. it gets us as partners in a room talking about our business and not just putting out our clients' fires that are coming up. And I think there's tons of value in that. You're being specific and intentional about where you're trying to go. You talk about things that you should talk about, but you're not going to do it unless you're in a room together. So unless you're a sole proprietor and you can talk to yourself, like that time as co-owners of a firm, whether you're two or 10 people, is really critical to making sure your business is going in the direction you want your business to go in. That makes sense. If, if you're only hanging around people that are doing exactly what you're doing, well, then you're going to continue doing things exactly as everyone else does. It's, it's hard to be unique and different without getting that outside and I, I take it was Sally was her Sandy. Name? Sandy, I'm sorry. Sandy probably isn't a CPA. Yes. No. Okay. So you're getting a unique perspective there. 
which that's that's very valuable. We belong to a nationwide mm -hmm. affiliation of accounting firms, and so we go to. We were just at a conference a couple of weeks ago in LA, actually with five hundred partners from around the country okay. in Canada. And it is not uncommon for us to give an example of how we do something, and people are shocked, like at how we're doing something very different than what everybody else is doing. And so, even though we're a very small firm in in that affiliation. We're getting known there as being very different, and but our numbers come in just the same or better than lots of the other firms our size as well. So our, our our metrics are just as profitable and everything else, but our methods are very different. So we're we're getting a lot of questions asked as, as years go by, and they get to know us better, and they see that we're having results doing things very differently so people are starting to think maybe we don't have to do it the same way we've done it for the last four years that's a sign you're doing something right then <laughs> you're doing well and people are a little surprised so that's 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 a sign that's good that is good why well, i know you've got various team activities that you do and and i'm assuming i don't know for sure but some of them may be with nonprofits. are there any nonprofits you'd like to highlight or any or any any specific organizations that you really have a, a warm spot in your heart for that you'd like to to mention or talk about? Sure. <laughs> of course. Free plugging time for those are always great. We've each got a few that we're involved with. I've got two that I work a lot with. One is the local chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization, and I'm on the board of that. EO? EO. Okay. Uh -huh. And so, you know, that is for business owners here in town mm -hmm. that have more than a million dollars of revenue. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have to be a key decision maker in the business to be a member. But that's been you know, really good opportunity for me to get ideas out of other businesses, completely non-accountant, like you know, other ideas of what other people are doing. And I definitely bring some of those things back here just to, to try new things, whether it's an HR issue or a client mm -hmm. issue or whatever it is. So that's been really great. I'm on the board of that. I would encourage you know other business owners or other partners and other CPA firms that to think of your business like a business. And if, if you're at that size, hanging around other business owners is really great for your business. So that's one that I'm very involved in. The other one is called Women's Global Connection. And it's mm. it's an organization started at Incarnate Word many years ago by some of the sisters. It specifically works on empowering small businesses, women-owned small businesses in currently Tanzania, Peru oh. starting to do some work in Mexico and um, some of the other African countries as well, Zambia. So have been on a couple of mission trips with them to go help kind of help train and, okay. and just build capacity, help women build capacity. So it's definitely not about giving them money, but helping them build their businesses to where, you know, they can support themselves and their families and send their kids to school and, and then build capacity for other women as well there. So that's one that's very near and dear to my heart. Wonderful. And Mark, I'm really involved with the National Association of Women Business Owners, NALBO San Antonio. And in particular, there are two programs. One is for called the Million Dollar Roundtable. Okay. And it's for women business owners with over a million dollars of revenue, kind of similar to an EO concept, but for women business owners. And then I'm also involved with their Entrepreneurial Connections, which is a teen scholarship program. And we work with teens from schools around San Antonio, trying to encourage the girls to stay in school and learn more about business and entrepreneurship. Okay. And we give away $20,000 a year in scholarships. Wonderful. Well, one of the things I do on, on all the shows is when we put the show notes out on the internet, I'll, I'll include links to all oh, those great. organizations. Yeah, great. definitely. So if people want to find out more, they can 
just click and go straight there. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I end every podcast with four different questions. First of all, what's been your proudest moment? I have to say, I, I don't know if it's a moment, but I'm really proud of the team that we've built here at HKG. I think that the great people that we have show that our model is working and it, it makes me feel really proud of what we've developed here that people want to come to ATKG and they want to stay at ATKG. Um, means a lot. We have an employee who is about to hit his 20 year anniversary with our company and another one who just had their 15 year anniversary. Starting Monday, she's a month off contiguously for her 15th oh. year anniversary. So once you hit 10 years with us, you get a month off. A sabbatical kind of. In addition to your normal vacation, but it has to be contiguous. So she'll be gone for the whole month of December to kind of get some free time. Um, It's uh, Five years, it's two weeks. And then every five years after that, it's a month. So we started that three, four years ago. So that's, that's, I had mine this this year. So that was, that was fun. That's very refreshing. And it's not just for the partners. A lot of firms will have it for partners only, Mm -hmm. but for us, it's every admin, everybody in the company oh. gets it. So it was much harder when the you know office manager left and we had to do billing without her. <laughs> it's okay if I leave, they know what to do. But we've got programs like that that are definitely equal opportunity throughout the firm. Um, we treat everybody the same. So I would say, you know, that's one of the things I'm most proud of is, is I think we live and breathe our values daily. We talk about them a lot, open, responsible, caring, insightful. We expect a lot of our people, but we give back to each other daily um, at all levels. And I, so I'm really proud, you know, of how of the team, but how the team operates together and how we operate with the team. I mean, I really feel like we're a big family here. You spend a lot of time at work, you know, more time mm-hmm. than you are awake at home, honestly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really important that you're, you're working with clients you like, with people you like internally. And so I think we've achieved that. And it's, it's been a long road, but we're in a really great spot right now. And we have a really wonderful team. That's wonderful. I think the sabbatical idea is, is just beautiful. And, and you're right. I haven't heard it done for everyone. That That is unique. It really is. And if you ask me in two weeks, I'll be like, why are we doing this? I need something <laughs> done. But, you know, it was not only for the people, but for the health of the company. I mean, at the end of the day, the company shouldn't rely on any one person in any aspect of mm-hmm. anything. You know, that bus can come any day for any of us. So, I mean, it really is better for the clients to know there's other people standing around able to do whatever they need, you know, as well as every person in the firm. So it, it was a twofold thing for us okay. and it's definitely working. Well, what about a mistake you've made? What you learned from it? And the bigger, the better. We've certainly made mistakes yeah. <laughs> on the people side of things without naming okay. names. You know, in EO, we have a saying that we don't necessarily do super well here that we're trying to get better at every year, but you know, hire slow, fire faster is, is the saying, sure. you know, and so and this applies to every business. This is not an accounting thing. You can have the best person, somebody you really like working in the business, but if their strengths are not really what's going to help your business or help your clients, it's a disservice to them and you to kind of keep them around normally. You know, sure. There's 50 different mm-hmm. accounting careers. 20 of those will be a good fit for somebody else, but it's not right or wrong. It's just, this isn't necessarily the right place. And so because like people, you know, we are at times slow to help that transition happen because we like the person. So I think, you know, those are the hardest, the people things are the hardest things. It makes a lot of sense. And I think some of the biggest mistakes have been 
not listening to our core values in making a decision. So I know I've accepted a client before that was a large client. It's going to be a a very profitable client for the firm, but the client was not a fit for our core values. And I hung on too long to that client because it was profitable, but the client was making my staff miserable and it was just not a good fit for our firm. And so it, it made me think that we really need to step back and think through our core values and make sure that what we're doing is a fit for those on every decision. Okay. Yeah, I, I do believe you can keep someone too long and you're prohibiting them from finding something they could be more successful at. Yes. So it makes a lot of sense. Well, the next two questions are easier. So right. sorry for the surprise. Who's been the biggest mentor or influencer in your career? I think I had... Two, one would have been Houston Bryan, who was one of the partners at EY when I worked there. And he was a really great technical partner and really great with dealing with the clients. Okay. And I learned a lot from him. And then the other would be Jim Ahern, who was our partner that's retired now. Really learned a lot from him. Okay. Okay. How about you, Taryn? Anybody Um, come to mind? Actually, I also worked with Houston Bryan and he retired and I happened to be out he was out of town, had lunch with him a couple of weeks ago. So he's fresh on my mind having just seen him. That's the good. other person, actually, is probably Melanie. She's a very, I mean, we've been best friends for a long time. We, we, we have very different personalities, although we do end up like in the same spot on everything amazingly, but we often go about it a very different okay. way. So seeing how she goes about it, like, is good for me. And she's sometimes a little calmer than I am. So she's a very good leader and a very good influence. And then I've learned a lot from watching her. And she is our managing partner, and she's the right person for that job. And so she's been, it's been good for me to work with her and not just be friends with her because I see how she does things in a calmer way. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, last, last question. And you could approach this from... Either one of two ways. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Or what's one good piece of advice that you'd like to pass on to the listeners? If listeners are other business owners, I would say, and I try to remind myself of this on a regular basis, it is far easier to invest in your existing relationships with your clients and employees than to find new ones. So Mm. don't forget you know, it's really fun to go chase new clients all the time, but unless you're really taking care of the ones you already have, that's probably not a good use of your time. So I just, it's something to remind myself about regularly is let's make sure I'm taking care of the house that I already have before I go try to build the house bigger. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a common mistake, I think, with anybody in a business development kind of role. And mine would be whether for a business owner or in your personal life to stop often and think about where you're going and not just be caught up in the day-to-day of your business or your life, but really step back periodically and say, okay, am I going in the direction that I want to go in? And it goes back to the thing of our business coach of getting us in a room, working on our business, not just coming to work and doing the everyday work for our clients, but really stopping and thinking, okay, where do we want our business to go? And are we doing the things we need to do to get there? Okay, wonderful. Well, that wraps it up very well. Thank you very okay. much. If Before anyone... we wrap up, can I give one new plug to the recruits that might be listening? Please do, yes. <laughs> we bought a new building and we're moving in a couple of weeks. If you haven't heard about that or seen it, 
give us another month to get it sorted out, but come by for a visit. It's going to be really awesome. We have our own ATKG campus from now on. So that we're super beautiful. excited about that. Well, this podcast will come out towards the end of December. Okay. And so you guys will be unpacking boxes around yes, the time that this is coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, if anyone wants to get in touch with either of the two of you at ATKG, what's the best way? We'll go to our website okay. um, and all of our contact details are on there. If it's a recruit, either one of us or our recruiting manager, Annette Goodson, it's great to contact as well. Okay. But do you want specific details? Or Actually, let's go ahead and spell out the website. ATKGCPA. Com. You can apply online too. And we also accept, we love to get videos of, of like applications. There's examples out there if you want. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. We got okay. one the other day. It was, it was a good one too. So that's, that's, Hope he's listening. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I think this has been a wonderful interview. Wonderful. Well, I hope to see you guys for the fourth time in accounting today in about a year, I guess. Hope so. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. That was my interview with Melanie Kirk and Taryn Grader of the CPA firm ATKG in San Antonio. They shared quite a bit about not just the culture that they've strived to build, but also the challenges and insights they had along the way as they've worked to build a culture that better supports the service their customers need, as well as the environment their team members need. If you've enjoyed this podcast and have not yet visited our website to formerly subscribe, please check out the www.whereaccountantsgo.com website, click on the podcast menu, and then click the subscribe button. This way we can notify you instantly as soon as new content is posted, as well as keep you informed of any special offers for our subscribed audience. Until next time, this has been another episode of Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. And as you know, There's more to come.